you know, we want to welcome everybody here. Everything all at once? Everything all at once. It's honestly a sensation. Aliens listen to it. Like, oh, that's how I fuck. That's how I sound. <laughs> it's weird, right? I, I had a parent, when I worked in college admissions, I had a parent stop me that I'd never met in person. And she goes, oh, you Kyle? I'm like, yeah. She goes, I knew it was you by your voice. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so distinct. <laughs> that must be difficult. It was something. So. I feel like I can recognize voices pretty good. Yeah. Certain My, voices that you hear a lot, you know, you get very familiar with. Yeah. You said you were teaching classes online? Oh yeah, through the pandemic. <laughs> what were you? What do you teach? So I teach English at Slippery Rock. Oh nice. Oh wow, cool. Yep. And book owners, bookstore ownership. Yeah, she pays the bill, so I can have a fun job. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Nice. Subsidize. So that's the way it works. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> you know, I have like insurance, and the mortgage gets paid. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to hang out in a bookstore and do yeah. book stuff. Yep. Yeah. All day. And it's nice because he lets me. Um, he does so much of like the managing, managing, and then I get to just jump on on like the fun things that I want to do for it. That so. that, like that's like deal. Dave's job. <laughs> that's my job. And I gotta say, yeah, he does everything. I'm here for personality injection. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we need him. He's a critical part of the show. Yeah, absolutely. And I gotta say, I hope none of our previous guests are listening, but I'm inordinately excited about this one because I myself have have a. Uh, degree in English, and I read so much. I read probably about a book a week, so nice. I was like, oh, I'm so That's excited great. for yeah. this interview. You know? <laughs> just just to introduce you guys, we have Lauren and Kyle, the owners of Werner Books on Liberty in Liberty Plaza. Yep, yep. Erie's Liberty local Plaza. bookstore. Erie's community bookstore. Community bookstore. bookstore, that's it. Official tagline. That's sweet. That we, we get all of our made books. Up. <laughs> Me and Dave are in a book club, and we get all of our book club books from you guys, and you always help us out and are super cool, and we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And we're happy to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having oh, us. We're so stoked to be here. Yeah. This is my first time getting to be on a podcast. How awesome. exciting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the best podcast in Erie. That's right. All of our intergalactic and interplanetary listeners will let you know about it, I'm sure. All five of them. All five of them. And they're all in different countries. They're all in different countries. It's, it's a mysterious thing. We're not sure how that worked out, but yeah. we appreciate you guys out there. They can, they can order books online from us. Yeah. You guys got, you can order books from your, you get from your website? Well, yeah, it just sends me an email, so then I'll respond and mail the book. I don't know if I can do international. <laughs> so you can, you can fill out the, uh, like, all of those, um, I'll like a book request? On it. Yeah, yeah, the request. Yeah. Fill it out as if it's an email to Kyle because he is the one who's going to look yeah. at it. Yeah, yeah. My parents, my parents next door neighbor sent me an insane email and she sent me just like it was, they, they live outside of Pittsburgh and she was like, oh, I'm looking for books about Jackie Kennedy. I'm like, but the first like couple things that she wrote were just like introducing herself as if like you weren't the one reading. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And it was like we grew up. Kyle grew up next to us. Yeah, I did. But like, why are we doing this? So. <laughs> she probably didn't know. Obviously, ah, no, no, it's all right. You, she, she probably thinks that you're you have underlings to do that kind of work. Yeah, yeah she thinks no. there's a lot more staff. <laughs> or there is. Uh, the, the glamorous part of owning a bookstore is that you do all the work. Luckily, I have very good staff, which are really awesome. Absolutely, I love your staff. But they're the nicest people. They're wonderful. They all stayed on from the old owners. But the the other side of it is, though, like, I'm in charge of all the stuff that they don't want to do. You know, any of the management stuff, like, I have to do it all. You know, so uh, today we were doing inventory. That's why we're, like, I'm at least exhausted. We did inventory the past two days. We have... 
do you guys want to guess how many books we scanned? In the is this system? like in your store or like yeah, in... like on the floor? Like oh. how many books we scanned? Oh man, are they all the I ones you guess. have available? Yes. Do we get a prize if we're <laughs> sure? <right? laughs> I don't know. Sure, sure. <laughs> get a prize. <laughs> I'm gonna guess fourteen thousand seven hundred and twenty-one. I'm gonna guess uh, sixty-seven forty-two. It's like. You said 67, you said 14? Yeah. That was like 26,000. Oh, I, I won, though. I get the prize, dude. I think it was exactly. Are oh, we well, playing I, Price is Right rules? Yeah, well, we were both under, right? Yeah, I should have just said one over yours. Oh, that would have been the smart move, dude. I hate it. Me and Celinda play a game whenever we're at the grocery store where we have to guess what the total is going to be before we get to the register, and whenever she picks like $5 over than me, I am so fucking infuriated with her <laughs> that, like, I con- contemplate domestic abuse. Well, but it never comes to that. Thank no. God. Oh, well, yeah. yeah ever, we do not condone de- domestic abuse here, just uh, so you guys all all know, all the listeners. We'd be leaving. We'd be out the door. Yeah, right? that would be bad. I'm nice. Yeah, you know, I'm a nice guy. So. Right. We None knew, of that. Uh, <laughs> one time with one of my exes, uh, we did, like, supermarket sweepstakes. You know, like, tried to shop as fast as we could, which is wildly confusing <laughs> to people at Walmart that don't know. You know, Why you're running around? Yeah, I'm just running around grabbing like you know. Is that what we get? Is that the prize? I get a supermarket sweep of the store. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll, I'll give you a mystery bag of books. How about that? You give me a mystery bag. So I got oh some good God. random stuff in there. Yes, <laughs> all the stuff that you did that that's been on the shelf for 500 years. That's okay. Correct. That's always the best stuff anyway. That's what the mystery bags are. <laughs> People always ask us how we make this. We're like. Just extra stuff. I don't know. It's overstock. Right. So. Fill it we in get there. like eight of the same title of a Debbie Maycomber book, <laughs> and then uh, we we accrue those over so long. If you'd like some Danielle Steele, I have yeah. plenty to offer you. Do you got some so. Nan- Nancy Drew for him? I don't think we we don't have a ton of Nancy. A lot of Hardy Boys right now. Okay. Not a lot of Nancy Drew though. Well, I was always more of a Hardy Boys fan myself anyway. So whatever works. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys come into book ownership? Bookstore ownership. Every, I hopefully everybody has book ownership. Should I go? Should I tell the story? Um, or do you want to go? I'll start, and then okay. you pick up where. All right. Okay. So initially, our friend Kelly, um, who like we really only have six friends in our lives at this point, but yeah, so one like, of our six friends. There's like four, four couples that we all. Yeah, you know, there's like eight of us that we spend okay, all so, our time. Yes, with. eight cool. of us yeah. total, and Kelly uh, was a really frequent patron of Warner Books, so much so that Gail approached her at one point and said, do you want to buy the store? <laughs> um, Kelly didn't want to, uh, but she told us about it. And she said, texted you. Yeah, she texted me and was just like, do you have any interest in bookstore owning? Is that like something you... Like a bucket? I feel like that's like a life goal. Well, so the way it works, so I was working in... So Lauren's college English professor. Mm-hmm. I So she has a good job that pays real money and is fun, Sometimes, not all. I'm fun. sure. Fun, no, I'm I sure not during finals. Yeah. Like when you're reading, yeah, yeah. There tons are of papers. She's a doctor with a PhD. Like it's really cool. I Badass. was working in college admissions for seven years, and then the summer '21, I left. I was working in Edinburgh. It mm-hmm. was right when the merger was about to happen, mm-hmm. and I was working in admissions. My job was like to recruit students, mm-hmm. and I said, I, and I liked Edinburgh. I had a great like. My boss was amazing. But I couldn't stay there. It was totally unsustainable. So I got a job at WQN, which also, great job. I was in corporate sales. I was going out to businesses. I was going to places like Warner Books and be like, hey, 
you know, go on radio or whatever. Yeah, be a sponsor. And it was cool. But then in October, it was Halloween, right? Yeah, like right around then. And Kelly texts us. I'm like, oh, this would be cool. Well, the other part of it, the other one of our other friends in our little friend group is Emily Ernest, who owns Glass Growers. Oh, okay, Gallery, cool. Right? Cool. Yeah. So yeah. she bought that two years ago. Yes, in like June of 2020. <laughs> yeah. She told us, oh, like, the week before she got married, too. Yeah, yeah. She was like, so I put a bid in to buy glass growers. And you we were just like, what? Sweet. Okay. okay. Yeah. So when Kelly texted us, and Emily loves it. She's great. Like, she loves glass growers. So we were like, okay, she's doing this thing. So the day Kelly texted Lauren, I texted Emily. and was like, hey, let's go get a drink. We walked over to Altered Steaks. We live right there. And I was like, should I do this? Like, is this... A crazy thing to do? Do we buy a bookstore? She goes, you gotta talk to Gail, send me and do the whole thing. So we emailed her. And we emailed her that night and yeah. asked at least to meet with her and talk. Yeah. yeah, and we, I mean, the price was right, and she's great. Like she, we sure. still, like she was helping us with inventory today. Oh, she's been awesome. retired nice. for yeah. almost a year. So that was October. So I'm still working at Kielan at the time, right? So I'm trying to like buy a bookstore and not let on. That I'm buying a bookstore I to the QM yeah. people, um, and my boss Pat said he said uh, he said why when I when I quit he goes oh so that's why you got so weird around Halloween <laughs> like, okay all right so I um so we went through all the stuff I mean you would be amazed at the amount of like paperwork you have to do to, to buy do anything business. Oh, between yeah. getting financing and getting you know your lawyer stuff all squared away and luckily we had some good support like we worked with Gannon Small Business Development Center mm-hmm. which was really helpful um, Jake Jones actually was our guy but now he runs Camp Studios which is kind of cool so he kind of left and did his own thing um, and then uh, we were banking with Key Bank like they took a flyer on us and they probably I mean I'm glad they did I think they're glad they did too because we uh, fun fact we paid our loan off in a year wow oh, nice. that's incredible yeah, yeah that's so, fantastic so that was a cool thing and like so they, but at first a couple of the banks were a little hesitant because they were like you guys have Book never stores. owned a business bookstores 2022 yeah like, that's a hell? dying thing right so we were like no it's a it's a real thing and then so then that all got done so then in March what I quit at Q1 in February yeah you quit a little bit Prematurely, prematurely, (laughs) but like the plan was for the everything to be signed and done March first. So I quit like end of February. Well, it didn't get done on March first, so I didn't have a job. So I went to the store every day Mm -hmm. for a month. About and and Gail effectively trained you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Char, yeah, yeah. yeah, Our our Char, who's like our yeah, like our whole all the employees. Like they met me, they knew who I was, they were awesome. And so then on March 22nd, we went and we signed all the paperwork. Mm-hmm. And then March 23rd, we on the store. And we didn't close. We didn't skip a beat. In fact, outside of holidays, the only two days we've closed since we've owned the store have been the past two days for inventory. Hmm. So we've had no reason to like, you know, hey, I mean, we're open all the time. You know, so it was one of those where there was no switch with ownership. Gail was, is, she's the most generous person because she was like, hey, you can come in and like, 
learn all the trade secrets, right. even yeah. though you don't yeah. own it, which our lawyer... Our lawyer told us. Oh, oh yes. He when, uh, when, when When he found out that that was what was going on for, like, months on yeah. end, yeah. it's just like, oh, that is, mm, that is not how Why things is that are bad? done. I don't know. He, well, I think from his, like, it wasn't that it was bad on our end, but uh-huh. on her end, he's thinking, like, well, what if you... And I get it. Like my brother. What if you learn all the stuff and then yeah. go buy a different store or right, whatever? Exactly. But right. what we what bought if it was through and then we open a competing business. What we mm-hmm. bought was like twenty six thousand dollars worth of books. You know, or like twenty six thousand books. Like that's mm-hmm. the what we bought, you know. Um, you know, and all the other stuff. Yeah. The name and the brand and the, exactly. all that stuff. And and the, the uh, that's the one that's been the big thing has been the uh, support from all of Gail's old customers right. that have stuck around with us and luckily like me a lot, which is cool. Sure. Yeah, so. Friendly guy. Yeah, Friendly well, guy. I always had a good interaction yeah. coming yeah. into the yeah. store and ordering our books yeah. and stuff. So. so no, it's been so that was really what we bought. You know, mm-hmm. was was Warner Books, and people always ask us, "Oh, are you going to change the name? Why would we? The right. Store's been there for twelve years. Is she Gail Warner? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So people ask that. My favorite are the customers that come in and go. Oh, you're the new owner. We have owned the store almost a year now. Like, yeah. I'm like, you have not come in, you know, like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm always so friendly, but I'm almost like, come on, like, we've done this for Yeah, now. right. Like, I've been in charge for so long. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm the new guy. But but before you got into it, were you, was there a point where you were like, oh, this can't be that hard? Owning the bookstore, you know? I always feel like I jump into, like, big projects and stuff, like this podcast, and I'm like, how hard can it be, really? And then I'm and just then overwhelmed so with all of the things I need to do. We've always wanted, the two of us, since we've been together, have always wanted to do some sort of community-minded business in mm-hmm. town. And the first one... No, we don't have to say this embarrassing stuff. Come on. We wanted to open a donut shop. Yeah, we did. What's wrong with that? Yeah. So we were living in this apartment on 9th Street. Well, the embarrassing part is that the donuts we made were never all that good. (laughs) They were okay. They were okay. okay. Because here's why. We were living in this tiny apartment on 9th Street across from Prep, and we had this galley kitchen that was no wider than this table we're sitting at. And we're, like, frying donuts in, like, a Trying Dutch to figure oven. out how to do Yeah, and, like, trying not to set ourselves on fire. It was a fire, fire. hazard. Oh. <laughs> it was horrible. You got a lot of steep donut competition around yeah, here. Yeah, mighty fine. It's so well, well, so that was our, well, our whole thing things, was there was no donut shop in downtown, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in downtown, downtown. So we're like, if you open downtown, there's a market there. Now, this right. was pre-COVID. Yeah, this was, like, 20... 16 is right when we got married, right? 2016, yeah. 17. So we, um, so then we kind of put that in the back burner because I got the job at Edinburgh. Like I was working at Gannon, I got a job at Edinburgh, mm-hmm. moved to Edinburgh, we lived there. And it was still kind of in our head somewhere that we wanted to do something. So then we were like, oh, bookstore. Like that makes sense. That fits. You know, yeah. And we'd been going to Warner. Like we weren't. I wouldn't say we were like regular customers though. Not 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 as much as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah. we we joke that because uh, we live on we live right by Strong Vincent, so mm-hmm. we live right in that part of town, and uh, we joke that Press lost about a hundred dollars a month from her. Oh. Oh. I was ordering a ton of stuff. Like she was buying a lot of stuff. I mean, we and we still have a great relationship with them. Like their manager Maggie's a friend of ours, so that's mm-hmm. kind of nice because I call her like, hey, if we don't have a book. And vice versa, you know, she'll call me, hey, I'm looking for a used copy of X. Right. Or if I'm looking for a new copy of Y, you know, we have that relationship, which is kind of nice. That's but. one of the good things that I think is rare around commu- around 
like the world other than here in Erie and other cities our town is like our size is that we're we're small enough to be able to still have these like interpersonal relationships with other business owners and not see them as like a competition or threat right like a camaraderie like a camaraderie you know uh, an Erie community type deal you know where we support each other I don't know if I'm allowed to say this but I try my very best to not go to those dirty bastards up at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or Amazon. Or Amazon. Yeah. I I had to um, I had to get something at Barnes and Noble. It wasn't for the store, but it was something they had, and like I couldn't get. It was like one of those things. Like, right. It was like a puzzle. I wasn't like, whatever. And I walked in. I felt so dirty. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I was like, I hope no one recognized me. And then she's like, No one's gonna recognize you. Like you're not and, that and, and important. You're not the one who needs to be embarrassed. If you recognize them, you're like, Why are you? My customers here, right? So, oh, yeah, it's like Selena a, used to be a manager at Barnes and Noble for a few years before she got her job that she has now. But yeah. is that like an irrational fear? Like you walk in Barnes and Noble, and like the second you walk in, they're like, "It's the Warner Books guys." <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so books from Barnes and Noble. So we went to the the book sale at um oh yeah the Great American Book Sale at, at the Ice Rink this year, right? Mm-hmm. So we went and we were. I was like, like "Do I need to wear a mask?" Like so, like people a, don't yeah, recognize. Exactly. Not for COVID. So COVID, I'm like, like people are eyes. gonna think like, "Oh my god, he's buying books to go resell them at the store." What a monster! So I walk in and I like a couple people, a couple of my customers recognized me and that was cool. Like they were like, "Oh hey, Kyle, no big deal, no big deal." And then um, I did see oh god, what's his name? The manager at Books Galore. Like he was there too. So was he's like, a really cool guy from yeah, what I understand yeah. as well. So it was one of those things where it was just like, "All right, he's here, whatever." And then as I'm checking out. The woman who's checking me out goes, "Oh, we used to let Gail come in early. We don't get. Like, uh, you want to come in early next year? We'll let you." I'm like, "Oh, okay. first pay." Yeah, right. I was no, like, "Oh awesome. man, this is cool." Like, I was like, "Don't be embarrassed about that." And also, like, I think a lot of people, a lot of our customers, are all about you know like supporting us and us supporting them, and, and also we're providing service. Like, you know, if I can get one of the things I always look for when we go out, when I either do a book sale or get books cheap, are large print mm-hmm. because they're surprisingly hard to get and we actually have a lot of customers that read large print you know need it so it's sure. like stuff like that uh, foreign language we're always looking for like novels written in like like that's a long term project but like novels written in like Spanish or Arabic or whatever you know mm-hmm. um, we're working on that slowly but surely um, kids you books also, too you have a binder of um like when when people are asking for certain like specific titles that they wonder if they can find used, and mm-hmm. you take that with you too. Yeah, the white binder. Uh, the white so, binder. Yeah. So if you're ever looking for something used, so you have this massive book collection now. Do you have any like? Do you have like a personal book collection of like first edition like fancy no. books or anything like that? If anything, I think owning a bookstore has made me like less personally like attached to my books in some way because I'm just like, well, I don't have to have huge bookshelves at home. I have twenty six thousand books <laughs> on Liberty. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> so. because we can just grab anything we want, right? Yeah, like yeah. I have a book. Um, what came? Oh, um, Dr. Ranish came in. She came in. One of our customers. She's a doctor in town. She goes. Um, she had brought in The Night Circus, right, Aaron Morgenshire, which I haven't read. And she says, she goes, oh, this book's amazing. I'm like, all right. So before I even did it, I just put it right in my bag. Like, yeah. it just didn't go in the computer, it didn't go in the system, it just goes <laughs> that right back. for me. We did that with Anne McCaffrey the other day, right, yeah. for you? Yeah, yeah, no, I got a Dragon Riders of Pern. Ooh. Um, those fantasy yeah. ones that are yeah. a little hard to find. Yeah, nice. so we should put it at the store, but it's like in a stack at home. So, no, we don't have any, like, and the other thing is we don't deal a lot in, like, first edition rare books. We have some, mm-hmm. but it it's truly, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. So we don't do it. I like, think um, people who are book collectors, uh, they're 
first of all, they're in larger cities because that's where like so many more things are available to them. Mm-hmm. And right. I just don't know that like Erie necessarily has, has a market that. for rare. Sure. And, yeah. No, I don't know any book collectors like that. There's a great documentary on them uh, oh, called yeah, the, the Booksellers book on Amazon. Totally mm-hmm. worth watching. And uh, yeah. we watched it. We were like, I'm so glad I'm not like these people. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, I have, you know, this guy's house had, like, all these shelves, all these books, like, white gloves. Like, oh, again. And I'm like, it was a really cool documentary, but I'm almost like, I am so glad I'm not like that, right? I'm really glad I'm selling paperback James Patterson and Danielle Steele to people, which you, is what I do. You know <laughs> what I really like about old books, though? The smell. The smell, dude. Yeah. The smell. I yeah. love it yeah. so crack much. Crack one of them open. Oh, yeah. Just right. give it a big whiff. Yeah. Oh. I was in Chicago many, many years ago, and we went to the library, and I asked them, like, where is your oldest book? And they took me to it, <laughs> and I just skin. opened it and smelled it, and then I, like, was like, thank you, and left. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know. I like, I like, I like new book smell, personally. New book like smell. New, new book smell. smell. What? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I've been around a lot of old books, you know, but I'm like, how many people have touched this, you know? Like, I don't <laughs> and even I'm know, like, like sniffing the oldest yeah, one they have. the oldest one they have. I don't like it, you know? I, I also have like a, like a little anxiety that I'll like, you know, flip a page too hard and it'll just tear or something because it's so old, yeah. you know, and get, like, the FBI that's why out you there. Just give, <laughs> you just give them the sniff and that's it, dude. See, I don't, know, I've, I don't think I've ever just, like, sniffed a book and set it down. I usually read it, you know? You huh. go, need to go down to the Library of Congress and just spend a day just, like, sniffing Sniffing them. Find my book of choice, dude. It's See, I can agree with the, with the new books, though. There's something about the crisp pages. Mm-hmm. Something about, like, a really good binding, too. I hate the cheap <laughs> bindings with the glue. I want something actually sewn. Yeah, no. Right, yeah. On the new we had, a, we had a customer come in the one day. We had a new book. Like, a couple new books came in, and she was like, they were sitting on the desk because they haven't put them on the shelves, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just all, I hadn't gotten there. And she was like, oh, this book. She opens up and just, like, like crack the spot of this brand new book, and I almost want to be like, "Okay, you gotta get out." You got like, what you gotta either buy that or yeah, right. Like it's like, oh my god, why are you doing this to me? So like, and and we, you know, when I do get like new books in, I'm just like, I'm so careful because I'm like, I want because because being a new and used bookstore, I don't want people to think like. Oh, these passing this. Yeah, it's awesome. a new, new book. book, right? Like it's like no, like we are very, you know, careful. About and when that, we but. do both read something new and take the dusk jacket off, yeah. we then sell it as used, right? Because we've both we did that the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Does it bother you when you get a book, like a used book that's like earmarked? No, no. I know some people. Like, I it bothers to... me when I read one that's earmarked. Really? Like, if somebody lends me one that's earmarked, I'm like, oh, these fucking savages. See? <laughs> yeah, use a use a bookmark. Use like, a bookmark, yeah. and use I I never receipt, use a you know. Like, like, yeah, I never use a bookmark either. It's always like a receipt or yeah. like a napkin or something that I just find on my table, post-it notes, whatever. My bookmarks still to this day are my old business cards oh, from yeah. like various old jobs because I don't need them anymore but I still have right. a thousand of them at home. Right. Make know, use so. of them. See, I, I I always earmark in case I ever do like sell a book off because my biggest pet peeve is when I get a used book. And it's happened more like when I was in school like you know, buying off of Amazon or whatever, getting all my English books. I hate when people like highlight. Oh, I love that. Stuff. I, I hate was like it. cheat codes for all the classes I took, <laughs> no. having everything highlighted. See, and already. I was a big judger about it. I'd be like, "Why'd you underline this passage?" <laughs> <laughs> no, those people helped me pass college. Like that's the reason <laughs> yeah. I made it yeah. through. I wrote a yeah, I, I wrote a paper on the Good Soldier, and uh, 
See, what happens when I do that, though, is like when I'm reading, if it's a really good book, I'm like, this is good, this is good. If, you go, if I brought that copy in, it's like probably 150 pages out of it is just all underlined, you know, and then... See, my thing is, what, like, if, like, when I was in graduate school, you could tell how lazy I got because, like, the first, like, chapter would be, like, all highlighted, written, right. like, uh, and then, like, the second chapter, like, a couple things, then by the third, you're like, oh, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I, I can do it with textbooks, but, like, if I was, when I started this book club, I'm like, oh, I'm going to highlight certain things so I know things I want to talk about, and then I ended up highlighting the whole book, and I'm like, there's no way we're going to be able to talk about all this stuff, and right. I just gave up. No. Yeah, we host, we each host a book club. Yeah. Now through the store, so... You know, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Like, so with, that's the the thing with, I mean, that's one of the things we're trying to do, too, is, like, have more community, like, events, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, book clubs are a good, good segue. So we have some people, like you guys, right, who came in and said, hey, I need, well, what do you, you said, like, I need five copies or six copies of X. I don't even remember what the first book you got. Oh, I don't, I don't remember what the first book we got from you either was. Was it after the fireworks up. or? It might have been after the fireworks or Moon was a heart. No, it definitely wasn't that book. That Moon was a fickle bitch. Books, that's, yeah. that's what it's called. Moon, no, Moon is something. No, it wasn't that one. Mistress. It wasn't that one. Yeah. Uh, no, it definitely wasn't Confessions, that one. maybe? Maybe it was that, that one. Yeah, because then we got our name, our first ever name right. for our yeah. book club. Yeah. Which, which, which we're not going to. We won't say it <laughs> no. on here. It's, there's no need for <laughs> my that. My favorite is when like, my staff has to read like some of the names. Like They'll like be like, oh... You know, now they just write Tony's Book Club because honestly, <laughs> yeah. like, it's just better to do it, it that yeah, way. It, it, <laughs> it's a lot better for everybody that they don't have to be in our uh, our ridiculous <laughs> fantasies of our book club. Mm-hmm. But no, we, I mean, so you guys walk, you walked in, you're like, I, need, I was like, is this for a book club? You're like, yeah. I'm like, all right, like, I can give you a book club discount, which I do if you buy X number of books, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And uh, some people don't get that because I get some customers that are coming to be like, Oh, like well, I need one book. It's for my book club. I'm like you're the only one buying this book. Yeah. This like you're not in a book club that we work with. Yeah. You know? Like it's all part like, of. Tell your other yeah. book members. Yeah. Support. Right. That that was like my whole thing. Yeah. I was like, let's support a local book club yeah. since we're going to be buying a lot of books. Right. And we'll order. We'll get them from Warner all together. And you didn't even know you were getting yeah. a discount. You know. So we were just trying to support local. Be good. Yeah. Good human beings. Right. And here we are now. <laughs> right. In your Honestly, basement. Right. Yeah. Here we are now. It's not a basement. It's uh it's everything a, at once studios. It's so a, thank you very much. It's a studio. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. That one. Respect. That one book thing kind of reminds me of like the old Mitch Hedberg joke about uh, like getting the, the subway for ducks you know yeah, right. he's like hey can I get you know this bread it's for a duck and they yeah. just give it to him for free yeah. he's like why don't I just go in there and say it's for a duck right. every time it's the same thing with the book club it's like. lady, right? <laughs> for a book club so I just get a discount and so but we I mean we host one so I host one through the so we have one that the store's been hosting for the duration I mean like 11 years or whatever and Gail used to run it now we have um, one of our customers she runs it which is nice because like they're great the group's great they're retired mostly retired not all of them are retired but most of them are retired teachers and nurses so they're a good group Um, and then I host one at the Hagen History Center Mm -hmm. which is the second Wednesday of the month, right? Second month. It's called the Canal Side Reason. Is that the Canal fancy Canal one with all? Yes, it is. Sorry. It's very, very fancy. fancy. I've heard about this. Yeah, it's very <laughs> fancy. So I'm, the, I'm. The, so the best part for me though is that I just have to like show up and have read the book, right? Whereas like Sarah and Pam and Cal Hagen like do all the emailing and managing and whatever, and like I just show up and be like, all right, like let's talk about the book, right? So we've done some really cool stuff. One of the things we're trying to do with that though is local and regional history, so not just like eerie, but otherwise. So we did the first book we did was Justin Dombrowski's 
Murder and Mayhem in Erie PA, which was really good. And Justin came, which was oh, great. Oh, sweet, yeah. Made my life so much easier. Because right. people were like, Kyle, I have a question. I'm like, yeah, Justin's right there. Why don't He's you ask him? You. You know? And then the second book we did was Harry Burley's biography, which was really good. So Harry Burley, who was the... Um, like the first famous black classical musician who's from Erie. Oh wow! Um, really cool guy. Like that. That's someone that we don't. In fact, Mark Squoia, the historical society, and I. Um, you know, during the event, I said like, I think Erie does a lot. We have a school named after him. Mark's like, no, we don't. We don't do enough for this guy. He's amazing. Like, <laughs> we need to do more. You know. So, um, and then uh, the third one we did was uh, Dan Braybender's book, which was Erie Sensational Murder Trials. Which same thing. Judge Braybender showed up, did his thing. I didn't have to. I, I almost didn't say a word, you know. But that book, we've sold more copies of that book than any book this year oh, at the right store. On. That book and Dom DePaulo's Unholy Murder of Ash Wednesday are the two most popular books we sell. And I have to say it that way because Dom gets mad because Dan is slowly catching him <laughs> for sales, right? And yeah. Dom gets all mad at me. But um, but the, those two books are really great, you know. And, and Dom's we would do for the book club. It's just too long. Like at book clubs, you gotta have like. 200. 200 I think pages, we have like yeah. a like a 400 page limit. Yeah, on our books. Tom's book's great, yeah. but it's just too long. So, for a long and I think at some point we might dive into it, you know. But it's too early. We're trying to get people engaged. Right. But then we're doing, um, you know, uh, we're doing some stuff with um, like we're doing next month is um, a memoir uh, by Yvonne Caputo about um, World War II and her dad, which is kind of cool. So it's a different route than we've gone. And then we're doing Ida Tarbell in March. Um, and then, so history of the Standard Oil Company, and then we're going to take a tour. So the group's going to take a tour down to Titusville and do the Drake Well Museum and do the Tarbell House, which is kind of cool. So we're trying to do more of that. And as we kind of go, we're hoping to do more things with like, uh, you know, books or people from the uh, area, Jamestown or Buffalo or Cleveland or Pittsburgh or whatever it is. Um, you know, so that way there's kind of more to it, you know, it's kind of the history side. So we're trying to not just do Erie. We're not doing any books about Oliver Hazard Perry um, oh. at any point oh. in the next. No, John well, Corrigan. You're not going to leave our boy no. John Corrigan out of it? Oh, John, in, in John's book would be good to do. Um, His Oliver Hazard Perry is huge in that book, yeah, too. He's no, badass, no. too. He made me what? want an Oliver Hazard can, Perry tattoo. Can I ask what your beef with Oliver Hazard Perry is? <laughs> what did he do to you? <laughs> So there's two things. One, there's too much Perry stuff in here. Like, I get it, you know, but, like, there's a really good episode of Our Eerie, another local podcast, right? And the girls on there did, they kind of, they had um, uh, Jonathan Burdick on. Oh, yeah. Burdick was on, and he, because he's a local history guy, right? Mm -hmm. And Burdick comes at Fort LaBeouf. I think Fort LaBeouf, yeah. Um, But he also runs Rust and Dirt, which is, like, the Erie PA history Twitter account. I don't know if he's on other social media, but I follow him on Twitter. Yeah, like, he does a bunch of that stuff. So Burdick was talking about how, like, Perry, compared to some other people, like, Erie people especially, wasn't... The great dude that everyone thought he was, right? He wasn't. What? He was. I know, right? Oh no, he wasn't all that. I mean, you have to listen to the episode. Like people should go listen to the episode. But he wasn't all that great to like, especially like some of his black soldiers and sailors. Oh, okay. Whereas Daniel Dobbins, right, who Dobbins Landing's named mm-hmm. after, was like he was. He was really cool, you know. So like, you know, Burdick was kind of like advocating for Dobbins, being like Dobbins, a much cooler dude. Yeah, he wasn't like the hero that you know, the battle, but, you know, we should, like, lift this guy up instead. And that sort of thing, like, Harry Burley's another one of those people, right, in, in town where it's like, let's lift these other voices up, sure. you know, in town besides Perry. And I There's know, other good stories out there. Right. Like, and I have a don't give up the ship flag at our house. Like, it hangs of up. Course. I have a 
bunch of Perry shirts. Of course I do. I'm from, you know, I live in Erie, you know. Um, but, you know. But you have a small beef with them. Okay. I have a little bit of a beef with them, yeah. A little bit of a beef. Yeah. A Are you guys now. originally from Erie? I am. He's I'm a transplant. Not. Yeah, I moved up here for college. So I grew okay. up in La Trobe, PA, which okay. is like 45 minutes I know where La Trobe is. Yeah, St. Vincent's down there. That's right. So I grew up there, and then I moved up here. I went to college at Gannon and moved away for graduate school. Went to Ohio University for graduate school. But then oh. I know. No, that Ohio. See that flag? No, Ohio, it's not different Ohio. different OU, man. Okay, not Ohio, not Ohio State. We're, we're, okay. in the, we're in the MAC, <laughs> dude. Right, we're yeah. not hurting anybody. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the, the quarterback who, uh, uh, Nathan Rourke, who was the quarterback for OU a couple years ago, he's now Trevor Lawrence's backup in Jacksonville. Come on. That's Woo. exciting, you know? We love that. It's... The Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping for uh, an all-Florida Super Bowl this year, low-key. Yeah, but then Tom Brady would have been in the Super Bowl, though. Tom Brady is like <laughs> Oliver Hazard Perry. <laughs> He's not a good dude, people. Like, yeah, bad dude. In, in different ways, but, like, he is quite the, like, he's won many battles, but I do not like him. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, no, the goal, the goal was always to move back to Erie. Like, you know, when I went to grad school, it was only going to be temporary. I spent a year... After grad school, after I dropped out um, of my PhD program, which was short-lived, um, that'll happen. I lived, yeah, I lived with my parents, and I worked at Home Depot for a year, so that was good. And then I was like, I gotta get out of here, so then I moved back to Erie. So it built a lot of character for you. I did now I work in yeah. retail, you know, again. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. but yeah. A, a different kind of and a more enjoyable kind of yes. retail. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but no, yeah. So I'm not originally from Erie. But, right. But she is. So, yeah, and no, you guys carry so many local authors too. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's been a big thing. So we, so Gail, the old owner, like her big thing was helping local authors. Like, so if you know um, the Waldemere Mystery Files, have you seen mm-hmm. those books? The um, they're little kid mysteries about Waldemere. So David Gorman writes them, and Dave's parents are Steve and Nancy Gorman, who own Waldemere, right? And Dave is a middle school counselor. Is that what Dave yes, does in Virginia? In Virginia, so he doesn't have any year full time, but he, I mean, he grew up at Waldemere. So sure. these, these mysteries, you know, they're for, you know, like middle grade mm-hmm. levels, you know, kids in like first grade to like fourth or fifth grade. And he's working on the fifth one, but the first one is really cool, but it, uh, the cover was the carousel, but it like wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. So Gail like convinced him to have these like cartoony covers on him and they're awesome and they nice. sell better and they're nicer and like, you know, so Gail did a lot of that, so it was kind of easy for us to come in. But we um, we carry most every local book. Like, if we don't carry a local book and people have written in, like, they need to come and see me because mm-hmm. I'll put it on the shelf. You know, most of the local books, not all, but most of them I do consignment. So, you know, it doesn't cost me anything, but it also gives someone, a, you know, an opportunity and a space sure. to uh, have their stuff. Um, and we have a lot of books. Like, we just had Amy Eddy. Um, she wrote a memoir. Um, really good memoir. She was just on the news about it, uh, but she came in and did a signing with us mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, we have a signing coming up on Saturday with... Who's Saturday? I don't remember. I'm sorry. I have to look. <laughs> Turn my phone off. You guys also had uh, one of our other guests, uh, Sam Randall, who wrote... Sam Randall. Right. Yeah, love Sam Randall. Charlie Ryan. She brought Charlie. Yeah. So Charlie Ryan showed up. Charlie oh, and was... Austin are, are, are friends now. They I, hung I out bet. the other day. Charlie's like the coolest dog in He's the world. He's a cool dog. We, have, we actually had her on the show 
the week that she did that. Yeah, the, the week signing, before. The week before. before. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. She was great. So she, I mean, Sam's one of those people, like, I, I, in a lot of ways, like, Sam's way cooler than we are. Like, way you know, cooler. in so many ways. Us too. Yeah, yeah. Like she's, sure. a, but, she's cooler than most people, um, probably. But she, you know, they roll in and, and uh, you know, she's all set up. But she's so, just such a positive person. You right. Know? Okay. We were like, yeah, we're going to carry your book, you know. So, like, you know, her book and um, we did, um, now I need to, oh, it's, um, it's Mike Dave. So Mike Dave's he's a new guy. He's um he's from Michigan originally, but he's new to Erie. Like his wife's from Erie, so he moved back to Erie. So he's gonna be in the store on Saturday doing a signing. And then we have one um on the twenty eighth, the end of the month, with um Alan Swagonski, who wrote Erie Baseball and Softball three sixty. So he's written two cool. books that are like stories basically about Erie baseball and softball. Um, Alan I've known actually since undergraduate, he used to work at Gannon when I was a student there. So Alan I've known for a long time. Um, So we try, I mean, we probably have three, three to four signings a month at the store, normally Saturdays and Sundays. So cool. We just say, that's the one thing I always tell local authors. I'm like, bring me your book and I'll schedule a signing. Like those are the two things. Like it's not hard for me to do it. It doesn't, you know, I'm like, I'd rather you have the, Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah, hurt you at all, really, to have somebody in there. I wouldn't. No, think. and it, it only helps. You know, I mean, I think it's cool. And we and that was sort of when we redesigned the store, our back area is more open. So now when we have a signing, yeah, you know, the author's a little more comfortable back there. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And they have to yeah. walk past all those books. They look amazing. That's right. That's why we put them in the back. I want Clark I want Martin. the customers to walk back. To, you know, walk <laughs> past everything. You know, grab some stuff off the shelf. Exactly. You know? So yeah, no, we we try to carry every local author and every local book. You know, if it's about Erie or, um, you know, we think it would be, you know, good to carry. Like Justin Dabrowski is another great, you know, example. Justin's second book is coming out in February. Um, we already have him scheduled for a signing, you know, Erie's Backyard Strangler. So that's going to be pretty cool. Hmm. So, good. you know, we're always trying to find, you know, ways to support local authors and local artists and local whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we host a poetry night at the store once a month. Mabel Howard, who runs Cafe 710, um, also runs like 18 different poetry. I don't know. She does way too much stuff. She's too busy for us. I'm trying to think what her overall, is it, uh, it's word art. Word art is what, yes. yeah, what she, she kind of calls yes, it. But she she's a poet and she hosts a poetry night. Um, so Patrick Fisher, Dear Yours and Culture, approached us and it, we were talking to him about something and we said, hey, we want to host poetry nights. He goes, talk to Mabel, talk to Mabel. Okay. And now not only do we host her, but, you know, we carry sweets from Cafe 710 oh, at nice, the store nice. too. So, um, you know, so and and actually, they um, yeah, they need some help right now. They actually had someone uh, yeah, during one of the poetry nights. Someone threw a rock through their window, so they're dealing with that, which is horrible. Like, mm. yeah, I mean, it's vandalism, and that just makes you like feel really unsafe. Yeah, in your and the, all the poets were there. So I talked to. Wow. So we ran into Chuck Joy, who's a poet at the WQN 50th anniversary thing, and uh, Chuck was like, "Hey, do you hear what happened to Mabel?" We're like, "No, what's going on?" You know, because it just happened like the day before, and. Um, you know, so I've been talking to her, and yeah, you know, she's doing all right. They're doing all right, but Good. it's um, you know, it, you know, local has to help local. You know, so exactly. Yeah. Are you worried? Uh, what do you guys think about the readership in Erie? You think we have like a is Erie like a reading city? I think so. I think it's um, surprised me in some ways, like just how varied our customer base, our like audience is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a a misnomer too about that like young people aren't reading or if they're reading it's on like Kindle, Kindle or on devices or yeah that like that and that's according to like who's buying books at our store like that's not necessarily true 
I think there's something like kind of uh, it almost brings up like nostalgia doing at least for me like grabbing a book and reading it like it's it's a disconnection from all this technology that seems to be like taking over and ruling you know like owning Gen, life. Gen Z they're sick of looking at screens. Yeah, that's right. When I talk to them all the time, right? I mean, you know, they come in to pick up books. They want a hard book, and they're willing to buy a new book. They're willing, you know, they're they're cool. They just want to buy what they want to buy and read what they want to read. And there have been some authors who, I mean, so the other part of it is the social media side of it, right? Which is book talk and bookstagram, right? So like, there are authors that are famous because of TikTok, right? Sure. Colleen Hoover is the most famous author in the world right now. She has eight books on the New York Times bestsellers list. Eight books. Is she that good? Eh, she's fine. She writes romance, you know? But because of her engagement with her fans on TikTok and Instagram, she is super famous, right? And we sell her books like crazy. We, we have hard time say, stalking don't them. don't denigrate romance oh, as a genre. Won't. You're going to alienate what, half of our what, customers. What is, <laughs> hey, what is my favorite genre of book? At the I moment? know you love your rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Yeah. Yeah. Rom-coms. I love rom-coms. I'm the, I'm the one of, it's funny because of the staff, well, now Caitlin, we can include Caitlin, our intern Caitlin reads romance, but prior to Caitlin starting, um, Jenny and I, who's one of our employees, she, and she sometimes reads romance, but it's not like her favorite. I was like the only one that reads romance. Oh, yeah. But only rom-coms. They have to be funny. You know, so if they're not funny, I'm out. You know, okay. so. oh, yeah. But, uh, but no, we, um, no, we, I mean, we see good readership and there's, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit of everything, but also we've got some good customers. Like we've got some younger customers. We've got some more families coming in and then we have some regulars. We have some people that come in once a week. Mm-hmm. They buy four books. They bring in four books because you can trade in books in our store, which is kind of cool because you get yeah. store credit. Um, so we have you know people that like swap out books, you know, and you always have to pay something. So it's not like we're not making mm-hmm. a little bit of money, but um, you know, we I mean, I have customers like I felt bad because we were closed for two days, and like a couple of my regulars that I didn't tell. Or like, that hey, was we're going to be closed. Yeah, and I was like, eh, hey, like, sorry, we're closed. You know, but like, I know they'll be back. I'm not worried right. about it. You know, I had signs all over the place, but. Um, you know, those are the ones I felt really like bad for. I'm like, oh, I know you guys need to swap them out, you know. But I tried to catch as many of them as I could, like the week leading into the two day close mm-hmm. of like, hey, uh, don't come on Tuesday and Wednesday. Like we're not gonna be like we're <laughs> gonna be there. Be there. The, well, we're gonna be there, but the door is gonna be locked. So yeah. and you're not allowed to touch anything on the floor. Don't touch anything. Yeah. yeah, everything needs scanned. So that's know, that's but. good. You told them. You know, they're just like looking in and see you, like right. looking at them. Yeah. Like don't okay. touch that door. Well, yeah. cool. Cool. don't think about yeah, it. We had, don't we make one. me feel bad about this right now. <laughs> we had one customer. We were all like, we all felt bad. We were all like kind of in the back. We're like, oh no, we're just gonna let her go. Just pretend we're not here. <laughs> right. Yeah, should we? All right, we're good. So, Lauren, what but, kind of genre do you usually read? Oh my goodness, um, a little bit of everything, honestly. Uh, I'm probably big fan of literary fiction. I like my sci-fi though. Um, I was so impressed when I looked at what your like one of your latest your latest picks was the Roadside Picnic. Yeah, hell yeah. That was our, our buddy Zolt who picked that. He's actually Dude, from Zolt's Hungary. Great. I love yeah, <laughs> Zolt's super fun. He's a weird. He's a crazy dude, but that was his choice. He, he's trying to bring. We've all been like this. This go around, we've all been trying to pick books that other people probably wouldn't particularly read. That uh, we all 
that one of us liked individually, like a certain genre or whatever. And uh, I haven't gotten very far into it, but I think it's going to be a pretty interesting book. I honestly, I looked it on the shelf and I had to snap a picture because I have inside jokes with that book with one of my colleagues from Slippery Rock. Oh, nice. like, You're not going to believe what one of the book clubs is reading because it is a pretty niche book. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. Salt is a niche person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, well, and you read. Yeah, you read a little bit of everything. Though, I do, honestly. Like, I'll I'll read romances here and there, and they don't have to be funny. I'll do some steamy ones. I'll Ooh, do some. Yeah, steamies. I mean, listen. Yeah. Everybody likes a little bit of love. Someone you know I mean? someone brought in the steamy and rice erotica oh, the other day, which whoa. I was like, that is a deep cut. Like, that's something you gotta carry if you're a used bookstore. But right. it's like, yeah. okay, go for it. You know, we have a lot of mystery thriller readers, mm-hmm. um, and sure. like, I love that genre too. And I feel like um, the other like our other staff that might be a little bit of like what I now am reading a lot more of because I kind of see it as like I might be the only one reading a ton of that to be able to recommend. Our staff reads like, so we have like one of the big genres that we sell is historical fiction. Mm -hmm. So we like Char, who's like our, you know, like one of our employees, she reads a ton of historical fiction, recommends it a ton. And people know, like we have a lot of customers that are like, Char recommended this book. I loved it. I want to read it. You yeah, know? she right. has. They really trust her recommendations. Yeah. And so. then uh, <laughs> you know, and I, but I read. I don't just read rom coms, guys. No, but we we do. We also the two of us also do a lot of audiobooks. Like she drives. Yeah, yeah a no, lot. I drive. A yeah. Ton, so. so we do. Like um, I'm just finishing one up. Um, that. Uh, Julia Whalen, who's the best audiobook narrator. Like, if she is narrating the audiobook, it's going to be good because mm-hmm. she's the best. She puts on, like, a performance. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just finishing one up, and I, you know, but I liked it, so I got a hard copy for the store that I'm going to try to, you know, like, recommend to people. Sure. You know, so we do a lot of that as well. So Audiobooks are so great for, like, long drives and, mm-hmm. like, plane trips or like, anything that where you're going to be stationary for a long time and don't want to stare at a screen. Or... Yeah, we pick, we pick audiobooks for a lot of drives. Like, we yeah. did Upgrade yeah. this summer on vacation. That was a good there one. There was another one we did out. Um, book Lovers. Oh, we did Book Lovers. We that was good to the beach, yeah. yeah. Per- personally, I'm a big uh, fantasy and sci-fi fan, for the most part. And, like, really dark satire. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. like Vonnegut. Vonnegut and Palinuk. He's one of my yeah. favorites. Um, but those guys are great. Actually, we read a Vonnegut book for one of our book clubs, Cat's Cradle. Oh, Cat's Cradle is my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's my favorite Vonnegut. I like Breakfast of Champions a little bit yeah. more. So. Uh, I'm a big Slaughterhouse fan as far as uh, Vonnegut goes. That's a good There's book. a good documentary on him, too, on uh, Hulu. He has an, a, a very interesting history. He, like... Yeah. Was a POW twice in World War Two and survived wounded or like Battle of the Bulge or some really horrific yeah something yeah it was crazy and then wrote a bunch of real weird books afterwards right. so good for him yeah <laughs> I like postmodernism Shakespeare I'm yeah. I'm awful I'm yeah. awful I'm he an awful person no, he that. keeps threatening to pick Shakespeare like for our book club you and we're out. well here's oh the gosh, th- here's, here's the thing <laughs> the first book that I picked because I, I I've always oh, liked I've always liked horrible. I've always liked Philip Roth I yeah. love Philip Roth yeah so I picked Portnoy's Complaint it's a, well, I mean <laughs> I would have picked that one yeah well I picked that one because I just love the way that it's written like because like he writes it in a narrator voice that's meant to piss you off. It's He's supposed so to be a neurotic me off. Yeah. And yeah. everybody was just like, we fucking hate this that book That was like so the much. universally most hated book there was of all a, books. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> but so like, I was like, okay, I like Tim O'Brien. You know, he's a great author. Yeah. I was like, I've read it, you know, I, I'd read If I Die in a Combat Zone, you know, box me up and ship me home. And uh, 
I was like, that's a good book. I've never read the things they carried all the way through, and I was, but I read the short story. I was like, these guys are going to like this. And oh, yeah, I remember when you guys thought things they carried. Yeah, that was like yeah. our last book that we read as a book club. It was really good. It was super good. Tim, I also read Catching Cauciato by him, or okay. Chasing Cauciato. Going after. Going after Cauciato. Yeah. yeah. Which but, was super good. But, yeah. like, oh, I know, but, like, I just read, uh, you know, on the definition of culture by T.S. Eliot. You know, like, that's the kind of stuff I do in my oh, free yeah, time. Oh, yeah, no, you like so. the postmodern. Yeah, I do. So, like, everybody else is reading cool stuff. When I, when I was on the Philip Roth side of things, when I was at Gannon, they let me teach, like, a history class, right? I have master's in history. Like, oh, basically, it was like they didn't want to teach the 8 a.m., like mm-hmm. anyone in the department. So they let me. So the one semester, <laughs> my last semester, I was teaching U.S. history, and I had like 16 Villa juniors, right? They were taking like dual enrollment college classes. So I always like teaching like a novel and a play and whatever, you know? So I was like, oh, I'll teach American pastoral, right? Phil Broth. Like I love Phil Broth, right? They hated that book so <laughs> much, and they let me hear about it. Like it was not even like subtle. They were just like, "This is the worst book we ever read." Was You're that the worst also teacher. the semester that I had you do that Haitian play, though? No, that was a different. No, everyone liked the Haitian play. Oh, that was a that's good, one. good. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was a good one. That's the worst feeling in the world. This is the negative of a book club. Okay, <laughs> the worst feeling in the world, I think, is when you're like, "I love this author so much. I'm gonna share it with my friends." Or with anybody, and then these people read it, and they're like, what is wrong with you? So, the worst thing that's ever been put on paper. So, I, we host another book club at Yes, Eerie, can I Eerie, please tell I, us about I'm going to start, and then I'll let you finish, all right? Because the way, here's the story. So, we host a book club at Erie Works, right? Books mm-hmm. and Beers, right? So, we've been friends with Jeff and Steve at Erie Works for, I mean, since year two or three that they were open. I mean, we've been friends with these guys forever, and they're awesome. So, we were at a book uh, store in Virginia, we were talking to the owner, and she said, oh, we host a book club at a brewery. We're like, we're friends with the brewery. Like, we host a book club there. So, sure. And Steve's a reader, and Jamie's a reader, who's one of the uh, bartenders. So we're like, all right, we'll, we'll do it. Um, so we... So we're picking books, and we read Heart-Shaped Box. Are you going to let me tell any of this? Yeah, I'll get to no. my book. So we, we, so we read Heart-Shaped Box by Joe Hill. No, Neil Gaiman was first. Yes, then, that was my pick. And honestly, it's probably the most beloved one we did. Yes, so far. So far. So far. We haven't been doing it a couple months. So for Christmas, everyone said, I had just read In Five Years by Rebecca Searle, right? Which I love Rebecca Searle. I love her books. So I'm like, oh, this is a good one. I just read it. It's short. Like, it's like. Not, it's about 200 pages. I'm like, it's not real long. I love the ending. I love this book. So he sold it as this is one of those time jump or like uh, kind, of, time kind of a jump. little sci fi ish, but it's really literary fiction and it's so quick. It's, you'll love it. It's about love. It's, it's good for the holidays. It was a cancer book oh, where no. someone dies painfully in a really prolonged, awful way of cancer. And wow. we had to read it for December Cheery. 18th. Like, you were so, the worst. Very so, such a heartwarming so I walk, book. So I walk into the house. Okay, we should warn people that there were major spoilers on that book. Yeah, sorry. sorry. But we walk (laughs) into, um, I walk into the house, and she's just sitting on the couch crying, going, why would you pick a sad cancer book? I'm like, I liked it. She's like, it's so so everyone at book club. Yelled at me for the like duration of the hour. You ruined <laughs> Christmas for all these people. Pretty, pretty much. You did. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Sorry. Well, then, so this month we're reading uh, this book called Westworth Drafts, which is a historical fiction uh, that Char has recommended to me a million times and mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't picked up. So finally, someone else at the book club, like unbeknownst to us, like recommended it. We're like, all right. So John, who's in the book club, comes up to us on Saturday. While we're night. at the bar, while, while we're at Uriel Works. Right. So yeah. the book club meets this coming Sunday, but this was this past Saturday. 
And he says, you know, kind of accusatory. Yeah, like, yeah, no, he worried me. Yeah, he's like, who picked this book? And we're like, oh, God, like, it wasn't us. Like, it, was, it wasn't me. It was, I just do it, John. <laughs> and he goes, I loved it. It was oh. one of the best books I've ever We're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> that could have gone a completely yeah, different we, way. Oof. I was nervous because, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, the last couple picks we were yeah. very uh, critical of. So, yeah. what, what do you guys think makes for a good book or a good story? What are the key things that really make things stand out for you? I think it depends on the genre for me um, a little bit. I really like, especially lately, I've been huge on like the whodunits, like the mystery, mm-hmm. like trying to figure it out and outsmart the author or like be like a step you know solve it before are you reading agatha christie no i mean she's the best at it like she still (laughs) is to this day like of mystery writers agatha christie is still the best like you gotta read confessions for the one book that we read yeah by uh i don't know some japanese lady Kim something but (laughs) that was really good and the other (laughs) book we read that's super popular i can't remember what it's called uh that uh kayla picked Oh, not uh, by Michael Christillian or some Greek name. The, not the Alex uh, Silent, Silent, Patient. Silent Patient. Silent Patient. I hate that book. Yeah. You hated it. I hated it. It was okay. He's the worst therapist. Honor. Oh yeah, he's definitely not a good therapist. No spoilers, people. This guy's a terrible therapist. He's he's definitely not very good at it. He's not cut out for that role. <laughs> no, but no. I but I greatly enjoyed his timing. I think that's what really yeah. got me in that book. Yeah. is like the timing because I feel like. Just before, like the author came to the conclusion, or before, the, like the author revealed the conclusion, yeah. you're like, like right before you, like kind of catch it at like the same time. No, our friend which Kelly, I really appreciate our friend it. Kelly, who's the one that yeah you know, basically told us that the store was for sale. She read every Agatha Christie this year, I think, every single yeah. one. And she said it's funny because, not funny, but she's like, you can tell as she got older. Because she got, I think she got dementia or something. Like, she got sick when she got older. And she's like, she was still writing. And you're like, I feel like someone was, like, making her write. Because these books are yeah. terrible. And she gets old. But her, like, like her best ones are still yeah. the best mysteries. Kelly mm-hmm. will rank them for you. <clears throat> and tell you, like, which ones are, like, top five good Agatha Christie yeah. ones. Do you, and then, like, yeah. How do they hold up against, like, uh, Scooby-Doo? <laughs> Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo is my 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 go-to That's your for go-to mystery, for mystery, mystery comparisons. Yeah. Whenever um, you know, for years, ever since I was a kid, it's like, old they, man Withers who owns the amusement I can, park. I can never get the monster right. I'm like, <laughs> dang, Mr. Mr. Jones, the, the amusement park right. proprietor. It's always the amusement park proprietor. <laughs> I never, I never get it. I never yeah. get it. Nine times out of ten, it's all always. You know, so I also, she holds up. I mean, I get the the. Yeah, there's still like. Like, there are some, like, we read uh, The Murder at Roger Ackroyd, which is one of her, like, most controversial, but, you know, most popular ones. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a, not a deep cut, but, like, it's not Murder on the Orient Express or Death on the Nile, the ones that, like, everyone knows. And she, um, and we read it for Book Club, the one that meets at the store read it. And, you know, I read it and you read it and we were all like, she got it. You I, know? Got, I guessed it. But really only because I had just read like only weeks before another Agatha Christie where it had a very similar like. Yeah. You knew the yeah. pattern yes. of the author. Like, oh. yeah. But how did not I, how all, are those but that's the thing with hers is not all year. of hers do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they yeah. don't like so some authors like Scooby Doo, right? It's yeah. always like you know the beats, right? <laughs> or uh, we have a joke. We one of our favorite authors is Blake Crouch, right? And he's not. He's um. Uh, he's like Michael Crichton. He's Michael like Crichton for science. Yeah. but his books, like you know, his three books are always like there's always a, a male 
cop with a daughter mm-hmm. who will make mention of it 8,000 times in the book. There's always a female scientist, right? Like, it's it's like he's got these same beats. Whereas, like, Agatha, like, she zigs and zags on you a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cross you know what book I just read that was uh, interesting, kind of like a mystery thriller, was uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And that one, ha- I'm not, I won't give any spoilers, <laughs> but, like, I got so caught up in, like, in the, uh, the townsfolk, you know, their hate, that it threw me off of something very obvious, you know? Like, I was actually kind of surprised when it was revealed what happened at the end. So I had a a customer come in, and she brought it in, and, you know, to, like, trade it and use, and I said, oh, like, what'd you... Because I had just read it myself, and I said, what'd you think of this book? Oh, I loved it. She goes, my husband didn't finish it. And he was, like, standing there. And I'm like, well, what do you mean you didn't finish it? He's like, I've got, like, I don't know, like, 20 pages to go. I'm like, and I said to him, like, why don't you go in the back and take this book and read it? Like, finish it. Because, like, that's the big reveal is, like, the last 20 pages of the mm-hmm. book. Like, that's mm-hmm. the big, the best part of the book. And this guy, like, just gave up. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, finish it up. I have that, though. I feel I feel that I've wanted to give up on that book on Dave's book Pornoy's Complaint like so many times through it I think like only the only thing that kept me going was like the vitriol and spite that I felt towards the main character <laughs> just like the the pure hatred of this uh, I don't know self-righteous piece of shit but that then when we when every we, Philip Roth book when, by the way. when we had this book club and I was it a lot of times with our book club unless everybody likes it it turns into like a trial where we're defending ourselves <laughs> you know personally that, like yeah, personally defending no, our value like as a human being that. I think that's accurate for all books and, <laughs> and, uh, right? and that's what I kept going back to is like a book doesn't have to be it doesn't have to make you feel all warm and fuzzy but if it evokes any kind of feeling, then it's probably a good book. So since you hated that main character so much that you wanted to read it, probably to hope something awful would happen to him, mm-hmm. then it, it the, the author did a good job. He served his purpose. Yeah, I feel like there are other authors who can bring out those same kinds of emotions, but I feel much different. Like Chuck Palahniuk, for instance, like he brings like those same sort of emotions, but he directs it as like at like a society instead of at like one person on a personal level that I can really hate. Whereas if I'm hating society, I seem to enjoy it and actually like that because of my own personal inner teen angst as a as a youth. I think it's just tough with, with books because it's such a commitment. Like someone could make art that is just like so like ugly or, or like rage inspiring that it's beautiful but it doesn't take long to look at like a book you have to sit through and read it and like I don't know I love when authors go against the grain and make something that you know they find to be artistic and, and serve a purpose rather than make people like you feel good oh, you know? feel like me. <laughs> wow <laughs> felt that Felt that down deep. Well, and I think, that, you know, so, like, on, like, a meta level, like, one of one of our favorite authors, my, probably right now, my favorite author is Emily St. John Mandel, who's, she wrote Station Eleven. I don't know if you guys have read that. That's, that'd be a good one for your book club, by the way, because that book's great. But it, her new, her book that came out this year is called Sea of Tranquility. It was my book of the year. It was far and away my favorite book I read this year. Like, mm-hmm. not even, well... The, the other one I like, Lessons of Chemistry, was also very good, but very different. But Sea of Tranquility, her whole thing in all of her, um, all of her books is how, like, art can exist and thrive or even, like, just survive in tragedy. So Station Eleven's about a sure. pandemic. Mm-hmm. Sea of Tranquility's also about a pandemic. Like, she's 
always deal with pandemics. Um, Pre-COVID, by the way, for Station Eleven, like she wrote that five years before COVID. Um, but she always kind of writes about like you know, you know, what role would art play in you know the end of the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just find her to be amazing. Like she's just such a good writer. I think she really gets into like that storytelling is so basic to the human condition and how we relate to each other. Mm. And that like our stories don't necessarily have to be about triumphant things that make us feel good. Sometimes what draws us together and what really like unites us is pain. Mm. Right. And like suffering. And and I understand and get that, but I feel like... Sorry. No, <laughs> like, no, no, Yes, no. I'm on his you side. Thank you. That is sure. Oh, hold on, time out. Well, quick, would you like to join our book club? <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of books about suffering and pain that you'd enjoy. And I appreciate that, and I, I understand the suffering and pain, but I feel just... To go back to this point, because st- it's still hotly contested, I guess, Portnoy's complaint... <laughs> doesn't get offer me a different perspective on that suffering and doesn't make me view that suffering in a different way like i already knew that there are people that are awful and suck in the ways that um portnoy sucked alexander portnoy sucked and was awful whereas other writers who go through those different types of emotion and, and that different kind of suffering allow me to view it in a way that I may not have seen before or a way that I may not have thought before. Like Albert Camus, for instance. he His books are always pretty downtrodden and depressing, but they offer me a different, they've offered me a different perspective on how I view my own life and how I view the things that are important in that life. Maybe you would have felt different if you were Jewish. Because uh, I, like, that was a, that's fair. Yeah. That's a, now that's that's the thing with Roth, right? Is like you know you you know you tend to be like you know he writes a lot about you know Jewish American life, right? right. That's a big Roth thing, yeah. I don't know, but art, like I mean, if art stays with you, right, in some way, shape, or form, like you may hate that book, but it's right. going to stay with you. I'm going right? to remember it forever, right? right. Like we, um, <laughs> like the, and it, and it's not just like reading too. Like we, um, you know, speaking of like art in things. Do you, do you want to tell the story about Mr. Burns? Because I love when you tell that story. Um, well, it's a play that you will love. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because absolutely. it's very postmodern, um, and I guess deals with like how we don't really know as a culture what uh, is going to be really popular. Like, what's going to be the legacy of like what we're reading as art now? Like, what is going to stand the test of time and become? something else that gets remixed, adapted, appropriated in the future, that like mm-hmm. it was that memorable and meaning to us as a culture now that it sticks with us. That I think is one of the main things yeah. of Mr. So we, so Mr. Burns, so the, the play Don't was, spoil it. Yeah. Well no, so we so saw this play at Drama Shop, right? Which we also yeah. sponsored their book. Drama, right? love drama, drama Shop doing like place. the weirdest, coolest stuff, right? Them and Packa both have yeah. fantastic Packa's doing good plays. weird stuff, right? Yeah. And Drama Shop did this play called Mr. Burns, a uh, post-electric play. This was years ago now. Like, because Pat was in it. Yeah, our friend Pat was in it. And it was so... But the whole premise is, like, it starts with them in, like, the end of the world, like, sitting around a campfire, and they're retelling the Cape Fear episode of The Simpsons, right? Mm-hmm. And then it takes you through these different time periods where that has evolved, right? That episode of The Simpsons evolved into what is art, you know, as, like, the world moves, you know, and it's, like, what sticks with you. But we've seen some things at Drama Shop over the years where we're, like, whoa. Like, that's... I mean, that play has stuck with me so long that, like, I reference it 
wow, like probably once a month still. Easily. Because I think about like the, um, what other things get added to that Simpsons episode by the end of it. And that like our memory is so imperfect and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Such a good play. No, yeah, Lizzie Borden stuck with me too. I like year. Lizzie Borden a lot. We, so I, we went, that was the first time I'd ever even like heard of the drama shop. Oh and God. we went to that yeah. play, and it was fantastic. Yeah, I the cast it. were they killed it. Yeah, they, they literally killed yeah. it. But they <laughs> they, they were. <laughs> we we went so we um, we sponsored their book club. They do a book. So one of the things they do to prepare for the next season is they actually have a book club. They meet once a month and they read the play, like read some plays and see if it fits. And one of the questions they ask at the end of it is like, does this is this a drama shop show, right? Mm -hmm. And we've known them because Zach, who was the founder of Drama Shop, him and his wife, um, Zach and I used to work together again, and we went to Gannon together, and then we worked together there too. Um, but now, like, the staff has kind of transitioned. Zach moved. Um, Anna McJunkin, who runs it, and Zach uh, Hoffman reached out to me and were like, hey, you know, do this thing. And so we go to a lot of the shows, and we've seen some really good ones over the right. years. But, like, the, the Lizzie Borden thing, we saw... One of the two stat, uh, one of the two shows, but I can't remember which uh, cast. I think it was. we saw the Rose. Cast. I think we saw a Rose cast yeah. too. It was the one that Anna was not. It was in. The one, oh, we saw the one Anna was oh, in. Yeah, we were the Axe cast. We were the Axe we cast, the but Axe it was cast. wild. And I sent like Char and Ginny, who worked for me. I'm like, hey, like you need to go see the show. And they were like, blew the roof off the place. So, um, you know, like stuff like that. Like we we try, you know, not just as you know, the bookstore, but also as people to like sure. do all this art stuff. We like doing that. You know? yeah. We just went and saw King Lear at uh, Paca not that long ago. No, it wasn't, was it wasn't King Lear. It was uh, Lion and Winter. Yeah, there we go. Not King Lear. Yeah, no. that's Lear's weird. a whole different thing. Yeah. Station, yeah. Station 11. That's, Station that's 11 King, King Lear. Lear. Yeah. yeah, it's got Lear. I would have. King Lear is kind of my. My Shakespeare, that's my dog, you know. Dude, you should do King Lear for your, your book club. I or think The Lear Tempest. Would... Oh, I feel Tempest. like you would like The Tempest. I've, I've read both, and uh, let me tell you what, we're not going to read We're not allowed either. to do, we're not allowed to, one of the rules of our book club is that we're not allowed to do a book that we've read before, so Dave, actually, Shakespeare can never happen. Well, there's Neither been... can those other books that Warren has suggested, because you've already read them, so well, sorry. I have club. not read every Shakespeare play, <laughs> unfortunately for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you're left with like some bad ones. Like there are bad ones. There yeah. are bad so, like, ones, but uh, I don't care. Like when he's doing the Henrys, <laughs> right? He's doing some Richards at various points. You know, like Richard the Third's good. Richard the Third is good. Richard the Third is good. Wow. I, I, if I had to pick, if it wasn't a book or a play that I've already read, if that wasn't against the rules, I'd probably hit y'all with Othello. Oh yeah. 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 I feel like I've read part of it though, maybe in like high school or something a long time ago. Yeah, oh, you saw the movie O. Oh, yeah. You know the, the play Othello. <laughs> Throwback. Right. I love the 2000s like trend of uh, adapting Shakespearean plays into like um, teen comedies. Teen comedies. <laughs> and, yeah, like it was pretty popular. Well, that's yeah. it. So I was talking to one of the. Um, who was I talking? I can't remember who I was talking to. I was talking to somebody about like the trends, like the book trends of the next couple of years. And one of them is so there's been a big thing of like, Adapting Greek myth, but mm -hmm. telling it from like a different perspective. Yeah, right? so well, like a Cersei, lot of it's telling it from the women's right, perspective right. because a lot of mythology does center the hero, which has right. been typically male. Right. Like I'm reading right now, like I'm reading uh, Clytemnestra, right, who is Agamemnon's wife. Mm -hmm. I'm reading an adaptation of that um, that comes out. It's an advanced copy, so I don't know when it's coming out, but it may, may maybe. But it's really good because it's telling it from like her perspective, and she was a Spartan princess who basically gets you know kidnapped and raped and taken to um where do they live 
They said the next thing is like the Shakespeare side of it, right? So like taking Shakespeare. Like there's the show on Hulu about Rosalind, you know, mm-hmm. the woman in um, uh, Romeo and Juliet, stuff like that. So I guess that's like the next trend of um, kind of where they're taking that books, was a so. That was a big thing. That's been like a big thing for a long time too. I remember reading like Wicked and all of those books too yeah. that are... I, I don't know. I, I really enjoy the, the different take on like a traditional story. It's That's one of my favorite ways to write is like I have a bunch of like... Un, I gotta refine them, but like unpublished like short stories and stuff. What I like to do is take songs and reimagine them. You know, like just take like characters and songs, like a Beatles song. Like I have one about Eleanor Rigby. You know, and they tell the story of the person in the song, and it's you know it's very ingrained in the public. But like I like taking it and writing the same story from a different perspective. Father Mackenzie, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, like it's actually one of, like a big part of it. You know, I really need to to touch that up and get that out there because that's like a big part of it is talking about things from Father Mackenzie's point yeah. of view. You know, that's stu- that kind of stuff. Well, that's the thing Lauren, Lauren does in her class a lot of the time is adaptation theory with her, like especially your freshmen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of my. My theme. That's kind of what they, yeah, it's become your theme. Yeah, a little bit. What kind of English classes do you teach? Um, so my like research area is uh, women's literature, um, literatures of resistance, like so African diaspora, the Caribbean in in particular. But um, I don't get to teach too many courses that are that specific. So yeah. I teach like literature of the women's movement. I've taught African American uh, literature and queer lit and film. Hmm. So I almost picked a African literature book. It's a new like sci-fi, but it's from an African author that was in like some sort of she was a refugee and came to America and it was a sci-fi book and it was really really big, but I don't remember what it was called, but it sounded very interesting. It was a futuristic book about Africa and all of these people and going through the different strife and struggle that uh African people, African women in particular, experience. Afrofuturism yeah. is a very, very cool like concept that I don't think I can. It's a genre. Into. It's a Af- genre. Afro- well, I know, futurism. but it's but it's a lot. There's a lot there, and it's one that I'm. There's a lot of you know past and generational trauma and current trauma that it needs to be expressed. I think from those people in particular, and uh, you know, just to like shine light on the the atrocities that really are occurring there and the things that people have gone through and survived and are, you know, continuing to live with and hopefully flourish with, you know. That's that's one thing we try to do, like, as best we can at the store is like, you know, yeah, we're gonna carry, you know, James Patterson, we're gonna carry, you know, this but we, we um one thing we do, we, we do a subscription box every month. Like people okay. can, you know, like oh, sign cool. up, get yeah. a subscription box. And one of the things we talked about um was early on like what books you know you either get like a mystery thriller suspense or literary fiction and it was like how can we you know get our customers especially the ones that get these boxes because they are readers you know we know all of them and they're like mm. they're really good customers they're really good readers you know turned on to some things that they probably won't find on their own right, right? or they might but you know maybe won't pick up on their own right mm-hmm. so we um like um the first month was a little harder um just because it was the first time we were doing it. But the second month we picked, um, for the thriller, we picked Bad Cree, which you just yeah, finished. Yeah, I, I chose right? that one because uh, 
I'm not really all that familiar with like indigenous people's literature and like mm-hmm. I was interested in it and this was a like mystery thriller mm-hmm. by an indigenous author and about like Cree women so and I just finished listening to it on my way home today it was very good so that we have awesome that, that was kind of our goal this this go around with the the book club too is kind of expose each other to different things because yeah. we all have like our own different uh you know particular pieces of interest whether that's spiritualism sci-fi you know futurism technology whatever it is you know and there's always a book i feel like that fits that niche and a lot of times it's not about finding a book that is for everyone because then you alienate every you know what i mean because everybody's different yeah Mm -hmm. and you got to be able to fill there's there's so many niches that need filled i got a my next book coming up when we draw, I got that Claude McKay book that I was going to do last time. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. For being author. Yeah. Claude McKay. That was the one about Harlem, right? About Harlem, yeah. Home to Harlem, I believe. But, yeah, I mean, I love Jamaica Kincaid, but I've read, like, pretty pretty much all of her stuff, so that wouldn't qualify. I got this great book that I, that I, when I had a world literature class that I took, I went to Penn State, uh, Barron, and, uh, it's just an anthology, but it's called Rotten English, and uh, yeah, you're from yeah, yeah oh yeah, I know, it. I know it. <laughs> but like, it's just incredible. Like, you get like a little taste of everything, and uh, was that with Doctor Champagne? No, no, he's no. like our favorite professor at Barron. He's that up we there. both had. Yeah, I, he's he he makes the top five. He's I have a lot of. He's an English professor. I see. Well, you didn't go for English, so I, I have a lot more interaction with all those guys and. Uh, Dr. Champagne's a genius, but all, all very good professors up at Barron. Yeah, for sure. And, and books a, led the way there, you know? We were at a conference in the Caribbean. Which one were we in? The Bahamas? Uh, yeah, Caribbean... Hold on. It was the year after Caribbean we got Studies Association, yeah. yeah. It was um, great. We were in the Bahamas. I got real sunburned and watched a lot nice. of Chopped. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. But she had to go do but, conference up. But Jamaica Kincaid was like... Was our, was one of the, the like, keynotes? keynote speakers. Oh, that's incredible. I was like, so we tra- sat in like the second row and like... And I was like, I was like right you got to talk to her. You got to talk to her. Yeah. You didn't. I did not. Because I, I wrote two chapters of my dissertation on her work. I, I know. know. That oh, fangirl, cringe. it would yeah. get like really, it would get weird. <laughs> and, and me, like, not having anything to do with the concert, I'm like, go talk to her. You yeah, know? go Probably for like, it. Like a sunburnt, like, like a little drunk, right probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there would definitely be, you know, like my, fa- my favorite author ever. Is, she's very dead, so I'm not going to meet her, but it's uh, Emily Bronte. Because uh, I love I love Wuthering Heights. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite book ever, but, um, yeah, there's always that feeling when it's someone that you get, like, that close association to. Right. You know, you don't want to, like, I don't know, make a fool out of yourself. Yeah, no, I mean, Especially, what am I going to say except that, like, I love your work. I'm yeah, that's exactly what you say, dude. I, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I dedicated a lot of my, like, time and energy to <laughs> studying it for years and years. And I just love it. Right. I, I do like when you see an author, like, either speak or you meet them or whatever, and, like, they... You have some expectations, then they blow them out of the water. We saw Margaret Atwood a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit! Yeah, Sonda loves fucking 
What's the show? Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale, yeah. So we, we saw her speak, and she's just like this great, sassy, old Canadian lady, right? Like, she was just... <laughs> Good for her. No bullshit, you know? And, like, people were, like, asking... Like, someone asked her, like, a stupid question, and she gave them, like, a real shitty response. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Like, get after well, it, you it know? something that was just basically, like... Tell us you love libraries. Yeah. She was like, uh, I've got better things to do with my time. Than, like, <laughs> do you, yeah. Next question, please. Yeah, right. That's exactly what it was like. It was awesome. I, was I like, think, all right. I, I think that, you know what, the literary, and I'm dead serious about this, the literary world, it, it could really use like a like a rock star type author, like a, like a Ken Kesey or an Allen Ginsberg, someone who's just like injected into the popular culture, not through their writing, but as a person, you know? Well, and that's, I mean, that's a thing in the 60s, like, there were those public intellectuals, right? Like, them, James Baldwin, like, Baldwin sure. was, like, I mean, he was everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's something we don't have as much anymore, but they're out there. I mean, I think some of those people are, you know, but... I'm trying to think of... I, I feel like there think. are a few science rock stars out there. Maybe. Maybe I just like, listen to a lot like, of podcasts. Like, a, I mean, <laughs> like scientists? Yeah, like, uh, like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like, Neil deGrasse Tyson... The Hubberman Report. I don't forget his name. Andrew Hubberman. Bill Nye the Science. Bill Nye the <laughs> Science guy. Hey, Not Bill so Nye's much. Sweet, dude. Yeah, he is. I, yeah. I love Bill Nye. Both of the Weinsteins. There's, a, I mean, I like, feel like, Har- there's, like Harvey Weinstein. No, no, oh, no. God. Brett Weinstein and I think his brother's Eric. Okay, just. Definitely not Harvey's. Okay, okay, okay. Just want to make that lay that out. Actually, there. I meant Epstein. He was an intellectual, done. right? No. I don't. I just don't know that authors are necessarily the kind of people that like would be rock star like people because they tend to be pretty bookish. I don't know. And um, John Green and Hank Green, I oh, think, do a true. good job. They, I think the Green yeah. Brothers do a good job. Like they, they do that vlog. Yeah, they, they like for like ever. Yeah, they 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 still are. Yeah, they're real active on TikTok and stuff yeah. and. You know, but yeah, no, it's definitely tough. You know, it's on like an intellectual capacity, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just there's not an avenue. Like, the you know, Baldwin and Ginsburg, like those guys were going on like Johnny Carson. You know, yeah, like that's not happening. Like, you're not gonna have like, you know, I don't know. Although I don't know, like, okay, so um, Angela Davis. I mean, anything she goes to, it's like she's treated like a rock star there. I was at a conference where, like, she got a standing ovation when she walked in the room. People just like... It's Angela Davis. It's Angela Davis. Right. You need some performance art, like, get a author to wrangle up some acid in a school bus and drive across the country and film it, you know? Uh, <laughs> Who was the author of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Oh, Hunter Thompson. Thompson. Hunter Thompson. So that was, Thompson. It was by his own admit. Like, he tried actively to be that person. Right. You know? Yeah. He was, uh, interesting... I always thought Ken Kesey was more, more uh, interesting than Hunter S. Thompson. Well, I mean, Kesey only writes like one book. He wrote more than one book. <laughs> I'm just saying, like Kesey became more known for other stuff, right? Besides his right, like after you know, like, yeah, he wrote his book. He got real famous. He made a lot of money, and they started to take, making people do acid with him. You know, yeah, so. well, yeah. I mean, what? That's the American dream. <laughs> we just built such close personal relationships with these people that we read from, you know? Especially oh, yeah. when they're really, you know, writing something that shows or exposes the humanness or helps us feel that real human emotion that we all have inside. 
Um, there are some cool, like, um, like Judy Bloom, right, is, like, everyone's favorite author. Like, everyone loves Judy Bloom. She owns a bookstore in Key West. And apparently, like, I really want to go because when you go, she ends up with her husband. Like, she's just like stocking shelves. Like, she's like she's hanging out. working. You know, she's not like, oh, I'm. And we're gonna we're going to Nashville this summer. Ann Patchett, who Ann Patchett would be good for your book club. She's great. Um, but Ann Patchett owns a bookstore down in Nashville that we're gonna go to um, when we go down there this summer. So, you know, like sometimes they, you know they're like doing cool stuff, right? You know, so. Yeah. No, she's just like. Taking pictures with books on her Instagram. Yeah, like, yeah. Regularly. That's what she does. Yeah. <laughs> At the well, book guys, she owns. Unfortunately, I, I'm sure we could keep talking for another hour, but we're gonna have to close things up. It's been a pleasure having you guys here. Thanks for thanks having for having us. Yeah, yeah. Super fun. Yeah. It was fun. Um, go check out Warner Books. Buy a book. Read all you international and intergalactic listeners out there, especially the one in Australia. Especially all of you guys and us as well. Um, make sure you give us a like, follow, share on Facebook, Instagram, whatever your platform is. Tell a friend about how cool our podcast is. Uh, we love you guys so much. Thank you and good night. Good night. Peace.